You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians Horse Race. I am Chris Spangle. Mark Rutherford, Michael Dixon, and I will ask questions of two candidates. One candidate will come out of the show with my endorsement, $500 of consulting services from Mark and Michael's political consulting firm, and I will ask our audience to donate a boatload of money to their campaign. In an effort to promote this episode on Facebook, I am forming the We Are Libertarians Horse Race Club. That's where we are going to ask you to donate $10 a month or more to promote this episode on Facebook to raise awareness of their campaigns. You can sign up at wearelibertarians.com slash horserace. If you are a libertarian-leaning candidate of any party, you can sign up there as well to participate in future episodes. Uh, sorry, my written intro didn't, didn't make that clear. Before we introduce our two candidates, let me introduce our two judges and myself. Mark Rutherford is a business lawyer and consultant in Indianapolis. He is a former state chair of the Libertarian Party of Indiana and a former vice chair of the National Libertarian Party. Mark, thanks for being here today. Chris, glad to be here. Thank you. And Michael Dixon is a banking and nonprofit consultant. He is the former chair of the Libertarian Party of Illinois. He is a former chairman of the National Libertarian Party with a tour of eight years on the National Committee. He is a second-generation libertarian. Michael, how are you? I am great. Thanks for having me here. Ooh, smooth radio voice. Thank Very nice. You. I am the host of We Are Libertarians, Chris Spangle, a podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Spangle. I am the host of We Are Libertarians, a podcast dedicated to analyzing politics from a libertarian perspective. I'm the former executive director of the Libertarian Party of Indiana, the former marketing director of the Advocates for Self-Government, the Quiz People, and I've spent a total of 15 years in reporting media and politics. Now let me introduce our two candidates. The first is Tim McGuire. Now let me say, this is a test episode. All right, so these guys have been candidates. They're both former guests of We Are Libertarians and, and good friends of mine. Uh, they are acting as candidates today for two reasons. A, to work the kinks out of this to make sure that it goes well. And two, to give our audience an example of how we want this to work in the future to potential candidates so they can sign up for potential horse cl race club members to, to get donations. If we don't get any interest out of this episode, we will not do this in the future, but I think this is a really powerful way to promote libertarian candidates, to raise money for them, to raise awareness for them, and uh, to to help them get some questions answered and to give you candidates to support So in, in a fun hour-long experiment. So the first candidate is Tim McGuire. Tim is quote-unquote running for the Indianapolis City County Council District in Indianapolis, District 1. Tim is a financial services professional that serves on the Crooked Creek Development Board. Already crooked, Tim. <laughs> he is the current state chairman of the Libertarian Party of Indiana, and he has been a candidate for other offices and a frequent campaign volunteer. Tim, thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. It's All great right. to be here. Thank you. And candidate two is Jason Sipe. Jason is running for Indiana House 42. Jason is an educational freelancer and entrepreneur. He has run for multiple offices, including advisory boards and city council races. His first vote cat was cast in 1988 for Andy Horning, a longtime Indiana Libertarian candidate. And Jason has been fortunate to do that every two years since 1988. I, I'm proud of anybody who can stick with something. <laughs> yeah, I love Andy. Through thick and thin. Andy's well, running as a Republican here in Indiana. Good luck to him. And he is Jason is also the former chair of the Marion County Libertarian Party. Jason is also a longtime friend of, me, of mine. We worked together at WXNT 10 years ago. Can you believe it? No, it's not been that long because neither one of us are that old, Chris. Uh, I don't know. Our gray hair. <laughs> Our, mine. No, no, no. These, the Libertarian Party of Indiana turned oh. these eyebrows white. I see that now. Wow. I yeah. see that. So it, thank you for being here, Jason. Uh, now, again, these guys are not actually running. We, we have given them campaigns. to they, they have, They're going to take former campaigns of theirs and answer our questions based on uh, their former races, and this is an example. So if you want this to continue, you need to go to wearelibertarians.com slash horse race and uh, sign up there, either become a horse race club member or submit a Google form to join as a potential candidate in the future to promote your campaign. And then as we get two candidates that we feel are worthy of your time as listeners, we will do another episode of this with uh, Mark and Michael. So please... 
you got to show interest in this. So now, may the best candidate win. We're off to the first set of questions. Let's go to Michael to ask the first question of both Tim and here's how we'll do it. We'll ask this question and both will answer, okay? So the question is applicable to both. And then if we feel the need to do individual questions later on, we can do that specific to their races. So please ask the first question of both Jason and Tim. Well, I'd just like to understand the the basic scope of your campaign. So talk to me a little bit about the budget that you've got for your campaign. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so my race, again, is uh, City County Council, District 1. So it's uh, just uh, 125th of uh, Marion County, uh, Indianapolis. Um, and so my budget um, is going to be um, what, what I've uh, come up with preliminarily anyway, is uh, $50,000. And... Um, yeah, and that's uh, I'm just going to use that to try to reach as many voters as possible. Great. Jason? Jason? Well, $50,000 is a little more ambitious than what I'm looking at for the uh, Indiana House race uh, for uh, 42. I'm going to be going against a very popular candidate, Carly Macer, but uh, I think I can stage a very effective campaign for around $10,000, and I have some very specific ideas on how those monies would be spent. Cool. Thank you. Mark Rutherford, next yeah. question. Yes, my question for both of you is that what type of person or voter will be voting for you, and how did you determine that's the person who should be voting for you? Um, well, I mean, obviously, I want everyone to vote for me, Mark, uh, anyone who's a, <laughs> a uh, registered uh, voter. Uh, in my district, it's uh, it's kind of evenly split between uh, – we've got a lot of old money uh, uh, Republicans up on the north side of my district, but we also have uh, – uh, a lot of liberals in my district as well. Um, what I'm looking for is um, to get. Um, it, what I'm looking for is to get all of the independent vote, um, and then we're, we're, what we're planning on doing is trying to get at least one out of every four um, hard R or hard left um, uh, voters, which means uh, people who always vote in the primary one way or the other, and always vote in the uh, general election, uh, and then at least fifty percent of all the others who kind of vote in the uh, uh, primary sometimes, but not always the same one. Uh, so that's the that's the type of voter that we're uh, going after. All right, it is my turn. So I'm going to start with Jason. Uh, J- Jason didn't answer the second oh, question. Oh, sorry. Chris. Yep, thank that's you. Do we need, no we need a whiteboard for you? Yeah. Do, something yeah. to kind of keep you focused a on shot, the presentation. A shot collar, maybe? Maybe, okay. <laughs> or I could just be a little more aggressive, I suppose. Um, now, when it comes to the voters, at the top of my list uh, is the well-established uh, Libertarian core that's in my district. Now, when I say well-established, I'm not talking about thousands, but I am talking about uh, dozens of people who can help me uh, activate and service kind of force multipliers. But in addition to that, um, I believe there's a lot of disillusioned voters. Um, when it comes to specifics as far as party affiliation and that type of thing, we'll be looking at some of that data as we get a little more involved. But I am looking for the people who have seen, um, who are disillusioned with the attitude towards cannabis in this state. I am looking for the voter who is disillusioned with budgetary issues and who expect uh, true conservative true conservatism when it comes to fiscal issues. Um, so I'm trying to find the people who are uh, waking up to what's going on and how out of touch our current elected legislat- legislatures are. All right. I'm going to ask Jason this first, and then we'll ask Tim. Uh, do you have a written campaign plan? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, we do. Uh, at this point, we are in the phase of fundraising and uh, exploring um, um Possible individuals will be serving roles within our campaign, and you can find more about that at our website, which I'll be talking about a little later. Okay. Tim? Uh, yeah, no, great question. I do have a, uh, um, a campaign plan, and I um, have already got uh, a treasurer and a volunteer coordinator lined up. Uh, I've got a possible uh, campaign uh, manager, uh, but uh, obviously the, the fu- I, want, I want to be able to pay him, so... Uh, looking for some fundraising uh, to get that going. So uh, similar to Jason, I'm in the fundraising stage right now, uh, trying to get some seed money uh, raised, and uh, then we're going to um, uh, start allocating the uh, the money that we raise uh, according to the campaign plan. And, just, uh, and actually, as a follow-up to the last question, um, my uh, $50,000 is a stretch goal. Uh, I do have a secondary campaign plan uh, set for $10,000 if I fall short of that. Okay. Uh, Michael Dixon. For a lot of years, we've all we've all seen a lot of candidates who come out and tell us they're gonna they're gonna win, 
and I certainly hope each of you wins, but, I, but I'd like to know what your reasonable expectation is right now. What, what do you think you're going to be able to do versus the last Libertarian in your district or versus the competition you see right now? So, obviously, yeah, you're right. I, I do want to win. Uh, so my, my first goal is to win. Uh, my secondary goal is to come in second place. Uh, my third goal is to, um, and my realistic, like I know I can uh, make this happen, is to get the race close enough where the commentators have to report on it all night because they don't know who's going to win. Jason? Well, I think I might already have my first uh, real supporter from the animal kingdom over here uh, <laughs> with Mittens the pet cat. <laughs> Mittens the podcasting cat. Yeah. Yes, indeed. She's a political expert. Uh, she seems to not like you, Jason. This is not looking good here in the horse race. <laughs> well, I I'll bring catnip next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, when it comes to uh, the uh, when it comes to the uh, what my goal is, I intend to win. Right now, with no campaign at all, I could pull ten percent of the vote in my race just through uh, previous experience. And uh, the the degree of uh, of people that I know in my district, um, but I am quite confident that we can uh, pull that to forty uh, percent. Uh, and especially if there is, um, you know, I want a strong I want strong opposition from the old parties in this particular race, and I think that's going to be important. Uh, so we can pull in that thirty three point three three percent or whatever it takes to win. I know it's a long shot. Um, but this is going to be an aggressive campaign, and Carly and anybody else who I'm going to run against and any other, anybody who's voting in this district is going to know my name. All right, Mark Rutherford, next question. Yes, uh, maybe we start with Jason okay. for this one, if you don't mind. Um, what are the two most important issues for the voters in your district, your election district? Well, um, when I think of my district specifically, um, Taxation and uh, income is a real issue. We've seen a lot of job loss on the near west, on the west side um, over there, and we need to be able to take a look at what's happening at the spending level. Um, but we also need to take a look at how we're taxing people. We need to make sure that property taxes, uh, sales taxes, and these type of things are kept in check um, for the for the voters in my district. But on another level, and I think this is an uh, issue that affects all Hoosiers, is the ludicrous. Uh, prohibition of cannabis in this state. There are a lot of sick veterans, a lot of sick Hoosiers uh, who are being deprived proven medicine um, for no good reason. And I think it's really appro approaching a moral crime to deprive uh, the voters of Indiana of this proven medicine. Tim McGuire. Yeah, there's actually uh, three issues that um, the voters in my district care about. Uh, and one, one, unfortunately, I can't do too much about, but I do uh, want to at least address it as a bully pulpit standpoint, is, is education. Pike Township uh, has not, not been doing very well as, uh, uh, compared to their uh, peers in the area, and uh, people are very concerned, and, and some people are moving out of the district. Consequently, what that's resulted in, um, similar to uh, what uh, is in Jason's district, is uh, loss of jobs. There's, um, there's a lot of uh, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of well-to-do people living in my district, but there's also a lot of poverty, and there's a lot of, uh, um, uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm on the Cricket Creek Community Board is that we're trying to uh, help revitalize that area by bringing uh, uh, resources to that area to uh, help people, uh, you know, make their own jobs or find jobs or get training for jobs. Um, and so that's a real concern. Uh, the other one is, and again, this goes hand in hand with some of the high poverty areas, is um, you know the, the relationship between the police and the uh, the community, and I, uh, that's something that I think that uh, I personally can, uh, um, uh, as a city county councilor, can uh, make a big impact on. All right, my turn to ask a question. This time we'll start with Tim McGuire. Uh, Tim. Talk about some of the structural challenges. What are some of the obstacles that you face to winning as a libertarian in your district? Well, obviously, the uh, the biggest one is the straight ticket voting, uh, and that's why we're uh, come up with a that's why we've come up with a plan to, to specifically try to reach out to the straight ticket voters, and we've identified who they are based on the past voting history. Can you explain the plan? Yeah, so uh, it, we're going to have a specific uh, mailing, uh, um, um, direct mail plan uh, to all of them, as well as uh, I'm going to target them as uh, when I do my uh, door door knocking. Um, and honestly, 
you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of unique than most politicians. I like to ask a lot of questions. Uh, and my first round of uh, door knocking is going to be just asking them, are they satisfied with their current party? Um, and asking them what their solutions to their uh, party is. And then seeing if I can help fill the gap for them in the meantime. Jason? Uh, can you repeat the question? What are some of the what are some of the obstacles to winning as a libertarian for you in your race? Well, in Marion County, you know, it is the kind of the showcase um, um, the showcase district uh, for the state of Indiana, and we really have a hard time with the resources presented by the old parties. Um, so that means we have to uh, focus on the voters who may not be so um, influenced by the old party message and the old party uh, money. And that means the millennials. That means younger people as well. And of course, there's a place for all people in this campaign. And I think I offer something that libertarianism offers something for all voters uh, in the state. Um but again, uh, it comes down to the uh, uh, it comes down to uh, finding the people who are a little more disillusioned. I think, Michael, your turn. Uh, you know, outside of the fact that what we're talking about today is an opportunity for each of you to receive a boatload of money from the listeners to this podcast, um, I'm wondering. You know, that I you both have jobs, right? So if you don't get that veritable boatload of money from the listeners. How are you going to balance this campaign with your work, with, with your daily requirements? Jason, you want to try that one first? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think Tim and I are kind of in similar situations when it comes to this, that we both have a fair amount of flexibility in our schedule. Um, you know, my clients uh, are often served very early in the morning when it comes to some of my tutoring clients, uh, which provides a lot of free time during the day to get out and about. Uh, when it comes to the resources themselves, if I fall short of my $10,000 goal, uh, I am prepared to provide some of my own funding and my own resources. Now, I don't have ten grand laying around, but there is going to be a there are you're going to see my image at the polls on election day and well before it. If that means I have to go sell my old motorcycle to make it happen, Tim. Yeah. So the question was, uh, uh, how am I going to balance my 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 workload? So as Jason alluded to, I, I have a pretty flexible schedule. I, I set my own schedule. I uh, make my own clients. So obviously, um, I'm kind of pre- I've been preparing for this. Um, I know my my own uh, profession or my own uh, finances are going to. Um, uh, suffer a little bit. I'm not going to go after as many new clients uh, as I have. I'll continue servicing my uh, existing clients. Um, the other, my other ace in the uh, in the pocket is uh, my wife, Allison. Uh, she uh, runs her own pet sitting business and is uh, doing very successful with that. And and uh, uh, fortunately, I. Uh, she's on uh, she's on my team and unfortunately she's in my kitchen cabinet that uh, um, she's going to be um, shouldering a lot of uh, she's agreed to shoulder a lot of the burdens uh, of, of our home and our finances uh, through her business uh, while I get to go play politics. Mark, your turn to ask a question of Jason and Tim. Yes. Um, Tim, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, if you could both answer this. Um, you just can't do it alone, is my opinion. So I'm going to ask you, how many volunteers do you have lined up right now to work on your campaigns? Um, so you're absolutely right. That's going to, that's uh, the biggest part of my plan is to uh, to have at least 50 volunteers uh, um, over the course of the campaign. Um, I, I want I've already lined up uh, three key volunteers, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, but the full team is going to be more uh, the the, the full time uh, key team is going to be more like 10. Um, in addition to treasurer, um, I want to get a uh, fundraising uh, person. I know I'm the, the head fundraiser, but I want someone uh, there to help keep me on track and organize events. Um, the uh, the volunteer coordinator, uh, my campaign manager. Uh, I would like uh, uh, someone uh, to find someone high profile to be uh, my campaign chair, but uh, you know to kind of help show up to events and glad hand and help raise more money. But I, I haven't found that person yet. Um, and and then. Um, you know, a media um, uh, consultant or, you know, media um, coordinator to help with the communications. Um, and then, yeah, and um, the biggest thing is uh, we're going to be going door to door a lot. So I'm, I'm looking for a lot of people to uh, to help me canvas the area. Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I currently have a core of three people who are helping me put things together, including my most consistent volunteer, my wife, Kathy, um, and uh, my campaign manager and my treasurer as well. Uh, but in addition to that, 
I need a lot more because I've counted 132 uh, polling locations that I need to cover on Election Day. And it was, as I do agree with Tim that it's very important to pound pavement ahead of time, I expect to be able to double my numbers. If I was going to get 10% going into this, I could make that 20% just by having a person at every single polling location um, uh, in the district. And that's really my secondary goal when it comes to volunteers is coverage on Election Day. All right, my turn. I want to ask more of a philosophical policy-related question. I want to know what your top three, what are the top three things that you'd like to do when and if you're elected? Uh, Tim is running for a city council race. Tim, let's start with you. Well, as I mentioned before, uh, I want to heal the, the relationship between the community and the police. Uh, I, you know, obviously, the police is uh, head, headed up by the mayor uh, of Indianapolis. I think we can put some political pressure on him uh, through you know, our uh, fiduciary role of uh, budgeting uh, for the city to, um, you know, to, to help um, guide, guide the uh, policy in a different direction. Um, I do think uh, that one, one part of my district, because we're at the very edge of the county, uh, we do see a lot of our tax dollars going to benefit downtown uh, when there's a lot, of, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of need and there's a lot of um, uh, economic uh, needs uh, in my district that we need to be a little bit more fair uh, about how we distribute the tax money that comes in and be and, and not wasting it on sports stadiums downtown. So I'd like to see more, um, you know, economic opportunities in my area. Um, and then, um, and then again, you know, if there's any ways that we can uh, figure out as a city county council to uh, kind of work with the school board and the townships to, um, you know, reform that again, the, the education opportunities are really lacking in my area. And I know I don't have a direct impact on that because I, um, the school board is a separate entity, but there's got to be ways that we can work together. Jason is running for state house in Indiana, District 42. What are your top three issues? Well, um, it would really be a close tie between the fiscal uh, uh, fiscal responsibility and cannabis issue for me. Uh, at this point, I think probably the most volatile and most promising issue is cannabis in the state of Indiana. We see both old parties having to do drastic changes, and we see a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, old party establishment really having to reevaluate their message on this. And I think this is something that libertarians should have owned and can still own uh, if we're willing to. Uh, have the guts to kind of get past the stigma that it represented years ago. So I would be working with Jim Lucas uh, and others from the old parties, but I really believe this cannabis issue has to happen and it has to happen now. Uh, also in line with that is fiscal responsibility and making sure that the tax profile uh, remains consistent uh, for uh, my district. But lastly, and this is what I haven't had a chance to chat much, uh, much about right now, is education reform. Now I'm not going to sit here I could sit here for an hour and talk on and on about education like we did previously, but I'm not going to do that today. I will sum it up for you real quickly, though. Abolish the I-step or any semblance of it. This high-stakes testing has got to go, and I don't know of a parent or voter out there who really feels otherwise. My, uh, It's Michael's turn. Michael Dixon. I was having Your such turn. a good time listening to this answer. Yes. So I, I didn't really prepare for the uh, the direction I wanted to go, but um, you you each talked about fiscal education, and then a third thing that was sort of unique to yourselves. Have you have you you talked a lot? Um, Tim talked a lot. Tim talked a lot about getting out and asking questions. Have you polled? Have you focus grouped? Have you have you done any research to inform these decisions you've just given us? Um. A little bit, kind of in an indirect way. No, I haven't done any uh, direct polling uh, yet. Again, uh, similar to Jason, I'm still in the fundraising phase, and that's uh, that's going to be part of the uh, the plan is to get out there um, and do some, at least some preliminary polling. Um, but through my work with the Crooked Creek Development Board, we have had uh, um, we have had a lot of interaction with the immediate community uh, and have gotten a lot a lot of feedback. We uh, when I came onto the board, the board was kind of. Uh, uh, reinventing itself, uh, going in a new direction. And through that, we actually, uh, one of the first things we did when I was on the board was we started uh, reaching out to the community and asking them, what would you like to see us do and how we're, and, and that's a lot of the, uh, a lot of the feedback came along. Jason? Uh, yeah, when it comes to science, to polling and uh, research, scientific, no, we haven't done that. But uh, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you can go and take a look at some of the questions that have been asked over the last several months. Um, 
you can also, uh, if you've been going to, whether it be a church meeting, a lodge meeting, uh, any number of school board meetings and things like this, you've had an opportunity to meet me and speak with me over the past several months. And I've been getting a lot of feedback from the community through that era, uh, that area as well. So we've been getting the information, but we haven't formalized it and put it into a scientific poll, but I think that's going to be coming very soon. Mark Rutherford, your question. Yes, um, very interesting so far and, and uh, here, but I want to ask you this question, which all, seems to come up to most of the elected officials that I know. What will you do if what you believe the constituents want is different than what you believe is the best interest for the constituents and or for your own philosophical beliefs? Uh, who wants to start that? I, I'll take it. Um, Jason. You know, that's, that is such a loaded question. I would really have to examine it in a case-by-case scenario. I think that there are times um, when we need to perhaps compromise our personal views based on the opinion of the people. But likewise, we have to stand by the convictions that we run on. I'm a libertarian. I believe in limited government. I believe in the most freedom possible. So, you know, without a specific scenario, I will kind of give you the nebulous uh, polit- politician's answer. Let me let me see that in a specific case uh, and sp- uh, specific examples, and I could give you a more concise answer. Tim. So, Mark, your your question is specifically what, if if and when we become elected, uh, yes. how we react. How will um, you react when you have that? Tr- choice before you yeah absolutely that's a great question uh it, i actually believe in the in the republic uh um uh, uh form of government um that we're not there we're not a direct democracy we're not there to um um vote the will of our district necessarily we're there as caretakers uh to research the issues and and vote accordingly now that being said i do i do believe in my heart that all of us want the same things out of life. We want peace, prosperity, and freedom. Uh, we, the, where politics we disagree in is the best ways to get us there. Um, I'm going to take the hard line of, no, I, I, I'm going to d- vote the way I believe that is going to get us all to that point. Um, and I'm going to um, vote my, uh, my convictions. And if it turns out badly or if the voters don't like it, we'll have, they'll have an uh, opportunity to let me know that. All right, it is my turn to ask a question, and I'm going to start with Tim. How will you use digital platforms to promote your candidacy? Um, sparingly. I mean, honestly, uh, it's not going to be a, a major focus of, of mine. I, I believe, uh, door, you know, person-to-person retail politics is is the most effective. Uh, but I will have uh, one, one of the campaign volunteers I'm looking for, I have actually uh, talking to two people trying to line them up right now uh, to work. Uh, I'm just basically going to hand off my uh, social media campaign to them and, and, and just tell them, don't make, don't make, don't make me look stupid. Uh, <laughs> try you know. to make me look smart. <laughs> <laughs> try to make me look smart. Uh, but I'm, I'm honestly not going to uh, uh, focus too many brain cells on it because I, I've just never seen the, uh, the return on investment for local campaigns. Okay. Jason? Yeah, communication in this day and age is such a challenge because you have such a range of people using different types of communication. Um, Digital platforms are crucial to any campaign and will be an important part of what I'll be doing. Um, We've already established ourselves not only in conventional things like Facebook and Twitter, um, but like the next door um, uh, mm. systems as well have been a great way to find out what's going mm. on in the neighborhood and uh, make those type of connections. But on the other hand, you know, it's like I said, whether it be trying to put together something for church or, uh, you know, maybe a lodge or something, anybody who's out there knows trying to get the message out to my 50 year old uh, cousin is a lot different than getting the message out to my 22 year old nephew. Um, so it will be an important part of it, but we're also going to use some, you know, some things like uh, text trees and phone trees and things like that. They're a little more arcane. Direct mail is a great way to communicate. So if I'm able to achieve the budget, it's going to be just one of a range of ways to uh, communicate our message and to listen to the voters. I can't believe memes weren't mentioned once. Okay, Michael, Michael Dixon. <laughs> there is always an exception to prove the rule. I know. So I'll, I'll take a, a little more philosophical tack than I have been up till now. I'd like to know if there's any place where either of you, and I guess, Tim, you should take this one first, um, is, there any, is there any place where you find yourself to be in conflict with what we could call the, the hardline libertarian position? Yeah, that, that, and I'm glad you framed it that way, the hardline libertarian position, because I, I, I believe I'm in, in, in um, uh, 
straight alignment with the Libertarian Party on uh, every issue, because I do believe that it's a it's a large uh, tent and, and, and that we are allowed to disagree on some of the details. Uh, but uh, fortunately, um, I, I guess the biggest thing uh, that that uh, from the hardline, you know, anarchist uh, wing that I disagree with is just the belief that we can have our libertarian utopia tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'd love to see a, uh, a world with uh, with no taxation, you know, no forced taxation. Um, I don't think it's possible, and I think it could be quite dangerous, uh, especially on the local level if done overnight. Um, I think you know we took two hundred years plus to get here. I think it's going to take a long time, maybe not two hundred years, but a long time to get back. Um, so my. Uh, what what the hardline libertarians might have the biggest issue with me is that I'm not going to move far enough, fast enough for them. Uh, but my goal is to show the the voters that I'm not crazy, but that uh, to show them uh, baby steps that these um, moving in the direction of liberty is going to be better for them. Jason, well, for those of you who are established libertarians, I'm going to use a term that's pretty familiar. I'm an incrementalist. Uh, I don't believe that we are going to change things just like Tim overnight. Yeah. Um, and I'll even share a little bit of a story, um, if I can. Uh, one of the things that I love from big government, and it's shameful, I love NASA. Saturn V rocket booster does things for my mind. Uh, you know, watching the shuttles go up when I was a kid, but they didn't call it the billion-dollar chicken for nothing either. Um, so when we saw uh, a scale-back of NASA, or at least a scale-back of sorts over the last decade or so, um, I was concerned that we might lose something that, uh, you know, there was some benefits from that. But... What has libertarianism proven? That in the absence of the state, the private market emerges. So I guess my point is, is yes, I'm an incrementalist, and they're not going to see me draw the lines as uh, some of our higher officials in the Libertarian Party have done recently to, uh, to, to some real problems. Uh, you'll never see me draw those lines, but I am, I am opening and listening. I just want to get libertarians in office, and let's show the world what we can do. All right, Mark Rutherford, your next question is yours. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit more about your opponents and how you're going to deal with them. Jason? You know, um, when Carly was uh, elected, I got a phone call from her the night before the election, and this was uh, uh, in my previous run. And uh, we had a very nice chat. She's not an easy person to defeat, especially if you had an opportunity to speak to her. Um, what we have to do is kind, uh, at least in my case, is I think that when it comes to Carly and the old parties, they need to be identified as who they are. And that are that is functionaries of the Republican and Democrat parties. Carly, I can't get an answer from her on cannabis. When I talk to her about what veterans are saying, um, I hear things about, well, we have such an, a medical establishment, a community here. So I think that um, on one hand, it has to be civil, and I'm going to be kind and generous to my opponents, but I'm also going to call them out at every opportunity and make them stand by these ridiculous positions that are the matter of fact for old party, um, for old party politicians. Tim? Yeah, so... Um there, unfortunately, it's just the incumbent uh, right now. I, I, the other party hasn't uh, put put forth a, a candidate just yet. It's, a, um, but um, yeah, there. As far as I can tell, they're just a kind of a yes man uh, in par party insider. Uh, doesn't really come up with too many ideas on uh, on their own. They just uh, they just do their best to not you know offend anybody. Uh, my di again, my district is uh, pretty uh, even uh, between uh, Republicans and Democrats. So you know. They, they, nobody who's too radical uh, does gets very far uh, in my district. So they, uh, we tend to get a lot of milk toast candidates. Um, and actually, I'm going to use that as a strength of um, you know, as I go door to door and talking to the hard R's and the hard L's, uh, bring up some of those issues that uh, that their their current representative has not um, you know championed. All right, it is my turn, and we're going to do two more rounds of questions before the judging begins. So this is your last chance. If if you're if you feel like you're you're running behind, you can close the gap here in these last two rounds, Jason and Tim. Uh, this I solicited a lot of questions from our Facebook page, and that's where a lot of uh, the questions came from, from what what our listeners want to know from candidates. 
when I asked, what would you ask a candidate if you were donating? And I thought uh, Paul asked a very pertinent question that most people think. Maybe not a lot of our listeners think it, but most people think this question. Why shouldn't I just spend this money on myself or charity instead of contributing to the circus that is American politics? Let's start with Tim. That's actually a really great question, especially uh, as a financial uh, professional myself. I would, uh, if it wasn't for my understanding of politics, I would probably advise people to, uh, you know, take care of their own household first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, because the the reason I would say is if you're un unhappy with uh, what is happening in you know at your state legislature or your city council, um, that. The, giving money to a candidate is the equivalent of speech. You know, you are, that is a signal whether Jason or I win or not. Sending that money to us uh, is a signal to the, uh, to the other players uh, in politics that, that you care about this issue. Um, and it, and it shows that uh, people are as the more money I raise, that more people care about uh, the issues that I'm talking about. Um, and win or lose, the other parties are going to take notice of that. Jason. Um, let me appeal to the emotions of the listeners uh, in this particular case. I'm not going to tell you that $5 is going to uh, win this campaign. I'm not going to tell you that $10 is going to get you an hour of my ear or anything like that. But I will tell you just from personal experience, when you take and give a little cash, and whether that be $5, $20, or $2,000, it puts you in the game. You get a sense of satisfaction, and come election night, you're going to have the, <laughs> the self-righteous feeling that I did my part. Now, maybe that doesn't matter to a lot of people, but uh, again, just from personal experience, I can tell you there's nothing like that feeling, and it, it, whether it be something that's just a, a very minor amount or a larger amount, it makes you feel good to support what you believe in, and especially if you have the funds to do it. All right, uh, Michael and Mark, you each get two more questions to ask of Tim and Jason, and then I will ask them to give their final pitch. So ask away. Michael, you're first of the last two questions. Though we're all, we're all sure that the, the Libertarian Party is far larger today than it was 20 years ago when I got active in it, and maybe when you're looking for a campaign manager or a social media director, then you're looking for Libertarians. But at the end of the day, you're not going to staff 132 polling places, Jason, with libertarians. So talk to me a little bit about your community activity, the things that you do in your local neighborhood that are going to help you find those people that are going to staff those 132 polling places for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, for one thing, I try to uh, attend as many meetings as possible. I try to work with my local church groups. I talk to all my neighborhood kids. And I think that youth is really the, um, the key to activating when you need that kind of manpower. You know, I'll be blunt. You tell a high school kid that they can take the day off if they go work the polls for you. They, it doesn't matter whether their mom and dad is a Republican, a Democrat, and they might even get a few extra credit points out of it from their civics teacher. That's just one little way that I can meet that particular. But at the end of the day, I think it does. you do have to um, reach out to the independents and to the unaffiliated. And um, that means a lot of younger people. And that kind of youth, I think, is going to be crucial for success in politics moving forward, regardless of affiliation. Tim? So my style of campaigning is uh, is not uh, party building, but as much as uh, uh, selling myself as a candidate. And, and uh, when I've ran before uh, using that tactic, what I found is as, I, as I'm out campaigning, I, I run into other people that are just as passionate about these same issues as I am. Uh, and it's really easy to uh, convert them into uh, volunteers. So that's going to be one part of it. But um, honestly, I'm going to... Um, uh, lean a lot on my uh, my past uh, uh, successes of I you know I'm just, I'm a very social guy and, and I know I, I have a large social network um, I'm active with the uh, Freemasons I'm active in my church uh, my wife uh, and I are very active in our own uh, um, community um, uh, neighborhood association my wife's actually on the board of the association so a lot of people know our name uh, there and are happy with uh, with us there. Um, again, I've, I know I've brought it up a number of times. The Crooked Creek Development Board. I've made a lot of contacts through there. Um, I'm I, I am uh, going to reach out to uh, my trusted friends and family and extended network uh, and and you know cash in some chips and say, all right, you know, uh, I've, you know, we've been working together on whatever for a long time, and uh, now now this is time to join my campaign. And I think 
what's what's helpful is that if if you're the type of person that isn't always going to, you know, trash talk the other parties and isn't always going to, uh, um, or, um, you know, put the party first before uh, your own campaign, you'll attract the people that uh, want to see you elected. They don't really care what the label is. Mark? Mark Rutherford, next question. Yes. Um, Oops, hold on. Mark yeah. Rutherford, next question. Yes. Uh, Jason, I think I'll start with you. If you will start with the answer on this one is uh, what type of training are you planning for your volunteers and supporters in the ways of campaigns? Well, I'm a big fan of role-playing. And uh, one of the things that I'll be doing is utilizing um, uh, an online platform that I use for my business, uh, Adobe Connect. So we can meet in person or uh, as a group, or we can meet one-on-one online. And let's walk through some of those scenarios, uh, the things that you're going to encounter when you're knocking on the door, the type of situations that you're going to run into working in front of a polling place on Election Day. So I like to go with that type of, um, uh, of dramatic, uh, uh, dramatized uh, training, and that's where a lot of the focus will be. But in addition to that, um, we'll also be reinforcing that with some uh, good old-fashioned libertarian, is libertarian 101 uh, information. So whoever's representing us out in the public uh, can answer those basic and fundamental questions. Tim? Yeah, no, great question. Uh, so... Um, I'm not going to have a whole lot of time uh, for training. We're going to, I mean, we're already a little bit behind the eight ball. We uh, probably uh, should have uh, uh, started a little earlier. So uh, what I'm looking for in my key volunteers, my uh, top echelon of uh, volunteers is uh, for them to, I'm recruiting people who already know what they're doing uh, and uh, can hit the ground running. And what we're going to do is just put together kind of plug and play plans, uh, a lot of written out instructions, uh, going to um, Basically, it's kind of like the franchise model. You you set up the system to work, uh, and you can basically hire high school kids uh, to to run it. Um, my my wife is uh, wife and I have both uh, run uh, volunteer campaigns uh, before, where you know is the volunteer shows up, they get a packet of information, you know, some talking points, a map. Um, it's 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 pretty simple, uh, and we can as long as you do the prep work on the front end. Uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, in person training you have to do. All right, final question from Michael Dixon. Uh, it, it may not be immediately applicable to your campaign, but I'd like to know what each of your plans are for the New Orleans convention this summer and whether you're going to be there or whether you'll be staying home to campaign. Well, I'll go ahead and take that one. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the downside of being the state chair is that I'm pretty much expected to be there. And, <laughs> and uh, so uh, I think uh, the entire state would uh, kill me and stop uh, volunteering for me if I didn't attend. Um, and I do really care about what happens uh, at the, uh, the officer elections this year. So I, I will definitely be there. Jason? Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, we're going to have a. Uh, we'll be ha- we'll be sure to uh, have our uh, suite set up, and we'll be looking for some larger donors there as well. So, um, yeah, and I had to pause about that for a little mo- a quick moment because I was just trying to contemplate whether we had that finalized or not. And yeah, we do have that all lined up, um, and we're also got some great entertainment. So while you're there at the convention this year, be sure to swing by. And I'm also working on some swag bags, and I think you're going to have a great time when you swing by our uh, our suite. All right, Mark Rutherford, final question yes. from you. Thank you, Chris. Very simple question. Why are you running? I know no other way. You know, Mark, um, and I'm sure listeners understand this, it's not easy being libertarian. It would be so much easier to jump on the Trump train or to be a good progressive with the unions and that kind of thing, but that's not who I am. I am libertarian, and if there were no libertarian party, I would be compelled to run as who I am, and that's a person who believes in limited government and the absolute maximum freedom uh, for our citizens. Tim. So similar to Jason, it's partially because the type of person I am, I can't just continue screaming my TV without doing something, and I have to, uh, um, I have to feel like I'm doing something. But specifically because I do see a need in our city, and I feel like I'm the qualified person to, to fill it, um, and you know, may, hopefully the voters uh, will agree. Uh, but thirdly, you know. I would also like to show other libertarians, even if I lose, I want to show libertarians what a successful campaign looks like and and use my campaign not only to get more libertarians on the ballot and start showing Hoosiers that libertarians can win, uh, but also showing other libertarians that it is possible to win. All right. This has been a very 
difficult, tough competition. In my mind, they're neck and neck. So here's how this is going to go. Michael and Mark are going to choose who they thought first. We're going to give Tim and Jason one final chance to pitch themselves. Then Michael and Mark will evaluate the two candidates individually and then select their favorite candidate. If the two of them agree, that person wins. If it is a tie, I will break the tie. Then the winning candidate will get one final pitch to announce where people can donate to their campaign, and then we will say goodbye. So, Jason, Tim, you get one final pitch to not only uh, Michael and Mark, but also the We Are Libertarians audience on why they should support your campaign. I'll go, I'll go ahead and take the lead on this. You know, it's it's 2017. We're on the very cusp of 2018, and I can't think of a time when libertarianism has been more vital uh, and active. And I think it is crucial to get out there and ride that. Now, one of the things that I do see when I look at this resurgence and this upswell in libertarianism, it has a lot to do with youth. Uh, it has a lot to do with the people who are abandoning the two-party system. Um, and that's where a lot of my emphasis is going to lie. I think that we offer something very unique. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to say this, too, that one of the things, whatever, no matter what happens today, you're going to have a good libertarian tapping into some resources, whether it be you know, my good friend, Tim, or myself. Um, so in that, in that regard, I, I feel like no matter what happens at the end of this, that, that it's all going to be good. But for what I'm trying to do, especially here in Marion County, I think I offer a little bit of a larger platform. And I think that what I'm trying to do is a little more in tune with, um, with the youth voter and the millennial voter and capitalizing on this unique moment of frustration uh, in the American voting population. All right, Tim McGuire, running for City Council, District 1. Give us your final pitch. Yep. Well, like uh, Jason said, I think either uh, I, I actually plan that both of us will get elected, and I look forward to working with Jason uh, once he does get elected as well. Uh, but I, I believe I'm the right person uh, uh, for this position. Um, I have the experience. I know, I know what I'm doing. I've been involved with a lot of campaigns. Um, I've run for a number of campaigns. Uh, I know what works and what doesn't work in my district. And I've I actually spent the last 10 years getting very involved in my community. And I, um, and I guess if, uh, the best way to boil it down is to say uh, return on investment. Uh, the reason to choose me is that I think you would get the highest return on your investment. Uh, win, lose, or draw, uh, you're either going to get a person in office uh, as a libertarian. You're uh, going to show uh, libertarians around um, the area what a winning campaign is. Um, and it, worst case scenario, you're going to set me up for a, a follow-up run later. Uh, and if I don't win this time, I will definitely win ne next time. I'm just going to throw this in real quick. And I think it's important to mention and uh, something that should have been included in my bio. Tim McGuire is the guy who got me to run for the first time in Marion County. And that's been a few years ago, but, uh, you know, just a, uh, a tip of the cap to my uh, to the guy who got me active. Appreciate all it. right. Give us give us your fake URLs, because, again, this is all just an exercise. So there I wish you two were running. This was great. But uh, give us your fake website where yep. people can donate Tim. Uh, Timothy J. McGuire dot com. OK. Sipe 442.com. That is S.I.P.E. The number four. 42.com. Okay, so now we're going to go to Michael Dixon and Mark Rutherford, two people who have had a long career in not only the Libertarian Party, but also politics in general. Both of you are political consultants, hireable for your campaign, if you're listening, I might add. Uh, so we're going to ask that Michael <clears throat> Michael and Mark, you two, can, you two can talk back and forth, but let's start with Michael. Let's have a conversation about who you two, who you think won. Let's start with your plight. Your positives and negatives, Michael. Well, I, first of all, I think these are both great candidates. These are these are both strong, thoughtful, um, prepared for the place in the campaign that they are. I think that's really impressive. I think they're both running campaigns that make sense. They're targeted at their constituency. They talked about different issues because they're running different at, at different levels. Let's say, um, as an evaluation of today's exercise, I thought Tim came out of the gate really strong. His first three or four answers were really on point, and then he kind of lost some steam later in the conversation. Jason was exactly the opposite. It seemed like it took him three or four answers to really hit his stride and start really communicating very, very strongly. And I think that was that that was kind of my takeaway was that we had a little ebb and flow as the as the day went on. 
Mark, some of your assessments? Oh, my gosh. This is going to be very, very tough. We definitely have two very experienced candidates here. I agree with Michael's assessments on that. Um, I think overall both found their sea legs and, and said many things, and they, they gave questions that libertarian candidates often don't give. Um, if I'm going to be a little bit uh, critical, which is really not critical in, in, in my mind, and, and, and that is the focus everybody has on it. Um, I think, Jason, your campaign to me is, is more, not philosophical is not the word, because you're incrementalist, and I know that. Um, but um, uh, you were more focused on a little bit of a higher plane on the issues. And that may work in your district, but that is a concern well, that I, I think at the know. state house level, mm -hmm. I think that it, yeah. it's right to have that different focus because yeah. it's a different size, scope campaign. Right. There, and there is some of that, and I, I agree with that on that. Um, and I'm getting very, very critical of, uh, uh, on this. I got the feeling from what you said, and maybe this was a miscommunication that you alleged out there, but um, I thought you'd given volunteers some pretty good thought, but Jason gave better thought to it when he said that. So I see you more a little bit out of the gate on where you're at, although it seems like you're very focused at the end and weren't very focused at the beginning. That's something I would suggest you put a little bit more time to it. You are Tim, on volunteers are more focused on the beginning, but I wasn't quite so sure how it was going to go other than you talked about the franchise model, which I understand what you're talking about, but it wasn't as in detail. And we're, we're talking, I'm being extremely picky here um, because I was just greatly impressed with what both of you had to say, and you're leaving Michael and me with a very, very tough decision. What, what were a couple of the things that really impressed you about each of their campaigns? Well, I, I think one of the real issues here is that both of these individuals have strong community ties beyond the Libertarian Party. If we're going to talk about moving the public as a movement, as a, as a party, we've got to talk to people outside the club. And it's great to say we, we know everybody at the at the county meeting or the district meeting or whatever we want to call it, but you guys both have got community connections that are going to give you a setup for the volunteer recruitment that's going to be necessary. Mm -hmm. And I think both of you brought that to the table today. And this may be a little unfair because I know both of them very well, but I think from the standpoint of I know that both Jason and Tim are very active in their community. Tim, I thought you did the better job of getting that word out. I really had wished, because I know what you do, that you've gotten more out that you do with, with you mentioned your lodge and you mentioned religious activity. But I, I was hoped that you might have gone to more details because that's very impressive to those who know why voters vote. They like you, in my opinion, and you work with them and they trust you. And uh, you both have excellent credentials for and better than almost any libertarians do for that type of community involvement. Well, and I also think, I think, Mark, you pointed out a difference in their style of mm -hmm. presentation. And Jason's style was a little more, you called it philosophical. Yes. But every topic he brought up is a legitimate topic of the state house in Indiana right now. Mm -hmm. And the topics that Tim brought up were topics that are relevant to the city council yes. in, in, this, in this community. So I think that's okay. I do think for the listeners to the podcast who may be a little more passionate about one issue or another, they're going to see one or the other of these campaigns as being more speaking to their heart. Yes. And that's okay. That's great. You know. And I think either one of us, wherever you're going to vote and wherever I'm going to vote, I'm not sure. But I mean, that may have a lot to do with where our issue preferences are. And that doesn't affect the listener. They, they're going to have their own way of of getting involved in making contributions on their own. Absolutely. Yes. Just because we pick a winner of these two, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you can't go to the other candidates website and donate or donate to both. We encourage you, the reason we're doing this is to give you an example of great libertarian candidates that are running in America today in this election cycle that you can donate if you don't have anybody in your local area that you feel is worthy of your donation or your volunteer efforts then get behind one of these two candidates. That's the whole point of this. But we have to have a winner. We don't award participation trophies here at We Are Libertarians. That's not how this works. One of these two lost. And I believe fence sitters go to Hades. That's so, right. Yes. <laughs> so we need to know Mark Rutherford. Oh, I get to go first? Mark Rutherford. I'm going to oh, I'm going to intersperse some game show music. Yeah. So who who won who who was uh, the millionaire music uh -huh. below here? So I'm going to build some tension now. Mark Rutherford. Yeah. Um, who are you voting for? Who? And this is not to knock anybody or to. Uh, at Stop all. being nice. Somebody lost. 
who is the better campaign? Who has the better campaign at this point in time? Um, I think for the district involved and where they're at, I'm going to say Jason, because even though I'm not a cannabis person on an issue, I know you knew it well and you handled it well. And I'm going to say for both of you, you're really good about knowing what the issues are in your constituents, in your community. I was very impressed with that because a lot of libertarians fail on that. And you also knew what you believed in. And I could tell that if we had talked longer, you would be able to mesh those quite well and how that would work, both of you. But it's just a very slight degree. And uh, it, it really boiled down to the where, what type of office you're running for. Um, and, and that yours was a little broader in, uh, in that context. But I thought both of you did an excellent job. And I hate... I'm not going to go to Hades, but I hate having to make that decision. All right. Mark Rutherford is voting for Jason Seip in Indiana House District 42. Michael Dixon, it is your turn. It is your turn. Who is running the better campaign? The, the tension is palpable here in the room. I can, right. I can feel it already. I, I actually agree that it's very close. However, I'm on exactly the other side of that proverbial fence. I thought Tim brought a focus to his unique circumstance for this community that was really effective. Taking nothing away from what Jason had to say about his race at the end of the day, even, you know, in that photo finish situation, which I think you people in Indiana know a little bit about that kind of thing. um, I kind of lean with the more local candidate. And I thought that Tim brought an awareness of of the community and what the community wants and what the community needs and what he can do for his district. Well, we have a conundrum because there's a tie. I like conundrums. We it's have a tie. Now, Chris. So now we have, it comes down to Dear Leader to decide. Uh, I am like the Solomon of the Libertarian Party. I now have to either split this baby or I have to decide a winner. The winner is of, see, I can forget what we offered to uh, to the winning candidate in the name of tension. <laughs> The winner of my endorsement, $500 of consulting services from Mark and Michael's political consulting firm, and a boatload of money from the We Are Libertarian audience, is Tim McGuire. Now, the reason that I have picked Tim... The post-production music is going to be great on this, isn't it? I hope so. Now, Jason, you know I love you. I've known you longer than I've known Tim. You're a great friend. We tried to start a charter school together. You know the issues. You're a great candidate. But I picked Tim because Tim, in the race that he's running, has had longer community ties in a smaller district. And so I think he probably has a better chance of having more name ID in that small concentrated area than you. Absolutely viable. That's one of the things that we were talking about before we roll, you know, rolled the recording today was the size and scope of races and what that means to be a libertarian candidate so absolutely sure i think there sometimes in this horse race we won't always pick the local candidate i think sometimes there will be stronger congressional candidates or senate candidates and sometimes those bigger races are great for broad messaging to help grow the movement and the party but in this particular instance i think you're both running to win you're both running top-notch campaigns that I would personally volunteer for that I am personally endorsing both of you, but only Tim McGuire may use my endorsement (laughs) because he has won. Tim, anything you'd like to say? Uh, I I just want to thank Jesus Christ and uh, and and everyone out there who believed in me. uh, Jason just face palmed when when nobody else did. Uh, Thank you, thank you uh, to both uh, Chris and Michael. Was there a high school teacher? Mr. Ryan, actually. Mr. Ryan. He, yeah, Mr. Ryan. He was my uh, third grade teacher. He taught me everything I needed to know. Um, Mark, uh, you can go to hell uh, um, for, for not voting for me. Uh, I will not be using your services. <laughs> Is it too late for bribes? But, oh, no, but, I, but I do, I do want to give a good shout out to uh, uh, my friend Jason. He did a great, great job. And I, I was actually part of the reason why, Mike, I, I think you're right that I, 
I wasn't doing that, that great towards the end because he had me sweating bullets. He was giving such good answers. Yeah. Uh, I, I came out of the gate a little too cocky, I feel like. Uh, but uh, Jason, uh, you had the best answer uh, this entire podcast. Uh, the suite uh, at the uh, uh, National oh, Convention. Yeah. I, I cannot I, wait. I, I'm actually <laughs> shamed and horrified that as a fundraising, I, I consider myself a fundraising guru, and I did not I did not come up with that. The yeah. reason Jason paused is because he made that up completely. <laughs> and you can tell, and he was like, you know yeah. what I should say here? <laughs> it was the most politician moment I've ever seen you have. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, this has been interesting. I've uh, been taking a back seat in a lot of my political activities over the last year, having uh, wrapped up a couple of terms in uh, uh, the Marion County Libertarian Party. But this discussion, it's, it's given me inspiration and I may think about possibly thinking about considering running again <laughs> at some point in the future as a result of today's uh, show. Excellent. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I really enjoyed today. I mean, what did you, what did you guys think about? Uh, let's have a discussion on air about what we could do differently. Let's critique my format here. You're you're allowed to criticize me. I felt that this went pretty well. We had two great candidates. I think that this is a great vehicle to uh this was actually michael and mark's idea they presented it to me and they said what would you think about this and i said yeah okay well let's let me figure out how we can do this technically and uh i think this if if we can do 10 of these this year i will be very happy at least one a month until october uh then then i will be very pleased you know maybe the first thursday of every month is is kind of my my target for this uh i think this could really benefit several campaigns. I mean, that's 20 campaigns that an audience of tens of thousands of libertarians that are connected to this podcast are, are helping. It's also a chance for a lot of people who are thinking about running campaigns to kind of go to school by listening to experienced candidates that are on yep. the podcast. Right. If I'm sitting at home in some community in Utah or Wyoming or gee, even Pennsylvania, I guess, and I wanted to run for my community's office i could listen to this and and get better at understanding what the what the elements of yeah I, I think the only process or 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 organizational comment i had is i think they probably should have opened with us with a statement yes. okay they probably yeah, I should have given that. a two-minute introductory statement because there were some questions at the beginning that could have been handled quicker sure if they had just made their own opening remarks yeah absolutely little little introduction right. mark right. your thoughts uh, my thoughts were the only frustration I had was lack of follow-through questions because they, uh, uh, I thought there was, they brought up some good points and we could I could help accentuate it to get out more about what the candidate was, but I didn't feel I really could. Okay. The, the format I think is really good and the back and forth, but I don't know if there's maybe a time at the end that we maybe get a couple of follow-up questions or something like that on stuff that they have done beforehand. We, we had two excellent people. I mean, quite frankly, if I had had another cup of coffee, I'd probably have voted for Tim. I mean, you know, it's just... <laughs> oh, fine, be that way. Yeah, be that way. No, no, you understand my point is, it was that close, I thought, and they're, they're different styles, but they're both very... Uh, I like the fact that the styles, though, show that they considered winning. Everything they said goes back to they want to win and maximize their chances, and that's what I believe in is, is libertarians getting in office and showing we're not stupid and we do good things and you do that by winning. Yeah, I will be interested to see once this goes out uh, on Friday mm -hmm. and people hear it, the kind of candidates that we can get. I mean, it, you don't have to be a We Are Libertarians listener to, to participate. If there's a candidate that you support that you think would benefit, and uh, I'm nonpartisan about this. I think if there is a libertarian-leaning candidate in a school board race that's independent, or a Republican, or a Libertarian Party person, or even a Democrat, should they exist. <sighs> uh, 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 what, what's uh, Dave Rubin-type liber Libertarian liberal, a classical mm -hmm. liberal? Uh, I'm open to that, I, because I think there is, and I think it will be interesting, because we have two people who are from the same county in the same state, who have known each other a long time, birds of a feather flock together, so I think there are a lot of similarities. I will be interested to see once we get some candidates from, let's say, a Colorado versus a Texas candidate, for instance, the differences between where they lie. So I think that'll be really interesting. We do have the ability to do this over something like a Skype. Uh, so we, you don't have to fly to Indiana to be a part of it. Um, but if you if you can drive in, that'd be great. Michael, you're from Chicago. Thank you for driving down for the day to, to be a part of this. I love the scenery. 
Yeah, right. And and the I sixty five. It's spectacular. And the two to four inches of snow you're going to have to drive back through. <laughs> Even if we better if we don't end end this quickly. So so yes, I think that'd be good if we gave a little bit more introduction. Uh, but yes, if you are a candidate, if you know a candidate, if your county party or state party has a featured candidate, then you can sign up. Have them sign up at uh, wearelibertarians.com/slash/horserace. And uh, you can also indicate that you'd like to become a member of the Horse Race Club. And that money, $10 a month or more, you, you, I'm going to have people make a monthly contribution. And I'm going to take that money and apply it to Facebook ads to promote the episodes after they air. And so that way, once we've produced the episode and we've gone through this exercise, I'm then going to post it on our page of 87,000 likes and promote it with however much money we can raise through the Horse Race Club. At least $10 a month, uh, you know, it, the, more we can, the more we can raise, the better it becomes. Uh, it, so, yes, that's how we are going to help raise awareness. It not only promotes this program, it, it promotes Mark and Michael's consulting practice, promotes the candidates it promotes the fact that there are great libertarian candidates in the movement this is a win 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 <laughs> people 2018 unless you're me yeah yeah except for you're a total loser i'm happy to be the first loser <laughs> of 2018 yes there's got to be a t-shirt in that Pe yes <laughs> people in 2018 are going to come to chris spangle and say i'm so tired of winning they're going to come to Mark, and they're going to go, can you talk to him, please? We have to stop winning. <laughs> so, so yes, this is, this is a great exercise, and I hope that you will be a part of it. Uh, if, if you don't have the money to donate, at least send me an email at editor at wearelibertarians.com and say, hey, I want to donate. I don't have the money because if I don't get a lot of interest after this episode, it's a lot, of, it's, it's a lot for Mark and Michael to take their time once a month and for us to set up candidates. So there is a lot of work that goes into these episodes and we wanna make sure that people are going to be into it. You know, So it really depends. The next episode of the We Are Libertarians horse race depends on the We Are Libertarians audience getting behind this. Will there be a second episode of the We Are Libertarians horse race? Tune in next month and find out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of We Are Libertarians and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.